Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models in dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. Brent Martineau. You see him every day on CBS 47, Fox 30, Action Sports Jacks. Austin Lane. He's a former Jag star and current MMA fighter. Broadcasting live from the Anajar and Levine studio. This is Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690 and ESPN690.com. Everyone keeps asking me how's the bubble or how's it going. I just say it's 2020. Nothing is normal in 2020. Nothing seems as is and who knows if it'll ever go back to the way it was who knows but you you make the adjustments and you figure it out along the way that's what life is all about you know life throws you curveballs sometimes and it's and it's how you uh and it's how you how you not only approach it but how you appreciate it as well so um nothing is normal um but what is the same is that 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 floor we just came off of my teammates um, and, and what we have um, and what we're here to uh, to do and that's to, to lock in and stay focused and and go about this ride, um, um, you know, accordingly. Sounds like Brent Martin every single morning when he wakes up and looks at his hair in the mirror. It's, it's not normal right now, but it's how we respond to it. It's how we approach things. That was LeBron James uh, going all cliche on us and kind of screwing yeah. up the cliche. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> done that many a times too. Oh, uh, I think we've all been there, Brent. Uh, Brent Martin, Austin Lane, and Scott in for coups here on a Tuesday. Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690. You know, we talked so much about the NBA. It felt like uh, in June as it was coming together, and then it's like, okay, can you play a game? It yeah. feels like it's been very quiet. Good news out of the NBA yesterday, and that was uh, I think 356 tested, no positives in the last week in COVID 19, which tells me the bubble's working. Yep. And then they'll get going and play in, in a little over a week and back at it. So I think that's exciting and good to see. And, and uh, we're we're basically going to get the playoffs in August uh, that we usually would expect in, in April, May and June uh, in the NBA. So it is on the horizon. You brought up an interesting point with LeBron James. So go ahead. Yeah, well, I want to go over that real quick, too, because I want to get all the teams involved. You're talking about the, the, the chemistry, right? Yeah, that that's, yeah, that's what you were. You brought up a good point. Yeah. Uh, it, like. Not a lot of chemistry on the Lakers starting mm-hmm. five, right? Yeah. Uh, Philadelphia has like none. So how much does it matter? So NBA on the ESPN released, um, I guess it's just kind of like this ranking, and it's ranking from most minutes played as a team together for their starting five compared to least you know amount played. So we're just gonna start from the bottom four here. So in terms of least amount played, the 76ers right now, the way their starting lineup looks in the bubble. They have not played together healthy yet the entire year. So zero minutes played together. Now they're going to enter the, the, you know, the playoffs and hopefully try to win a championship. That's amazing. It's insane, right? Let's keep on going. So the Houston Rockets total the entire NBA season, which is what? About half, a little more than half the season. Only 45 minutes played together in terms of their starting lineup right now in the bubble. Um, the, the New Orleans Pelicans, and that's kind of out of order here. I apologize. New Orleans Pelicans. Not really a favorite to win, obviously, but only eight minutes played together huh. total in, the, in the, that bubble team right now that's going to be starting. And last but not least, the Los Angeles Lakers, obviously one of the favorites to win the entire thing. LeBron James, Anthony Davis. Well, check this out. Of the potential bubble starting lineup right now, they've only played 33 minutes together the entire year. 
Now, who, did it say who was the highest on that? Like, I wonder, where does 33? Ooh, I, I mean, I can... Is that like a middle-of-the-pack thing, or is that below average? I would assume it's below average. No, it's definitely below average. But that's making on everybody being healthy, really. Correct. Um, yeah, so I think right now, you know, they don't have every single team. It's just the lowest, unfortunately. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so the Lakers, that, that's one of the warts, potentially, mm-hmm. uh, for the Lakers, who, along with the Clippers and the Bucks, are the three favorites by a long yeah. way to to win uh, the 2020 NBA championship. Just threw this out there on uh, social media. You know, it's a legacy play for LeBron, right? No doubt about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, if he wins another championship, it would be number four, uh, three different teams uh, to win a championship. The Lakers, uh, listen, yeah. Heat, Miami's a big market. Yeah. But the Miami Heat are the Miami Heat. They're not the Boston Celtics. Mm-hmm. They're not the Philadelphia 76ers. Correct. And they're certainly not the Los Angeles Lakers. Cleveland, that was huge because they hadn't won a title of any kind in 50 years. Storyline. And LeBron in his hometown mm-hmm. brought it to him. Massive. Mm-hmm. And in and, and my estimation, his biggest championship. Mm-hmm. To, to do it in your hometown, what he's already done for Akron in that area, and uh, coming back and doing that for Cleveland. But the Lakers, if he were to win, how much like extra credit, if you will, would he get for winning a championship in this time, in the pandemic, where the season was stalled for months, months, like five months? And also, in a year where the celebration of Kobe Bryant's life, mm-hmm. uh, which by now seems like five years ago uh, since he died in a helicopter crash. Mm-hmm. So... How much do those external things potentially add to LeBron James, not just winning a fourth, but he won a fourth championship with the Lakers during a pandemic Mm -hmm. and in the year Kobe Bryant passed away? Listen, if you're a fan of narratives and you're a fan of, you know, those Disney moments, let's just say, then the L.A. Lakers are a team to bet on. Right, because it seems like right now everything is in motion for LeBron James to ho- hoist up that title once again. Now that's the narrative, right? That's 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 the storybook ending for this season. Especially keep in mind too uh, of all like the protests and everything like that in terms of racial injustice. Well, obviously LeBron James has been on the forefront of that as well. So throw that in the mix as well. True. There's a lot going for the Los Angeles Lakers right now. But if I've learned one thing, even from last year, Brett, in terms of the NBA, it's that storylines and narratives and all this stuff to paint the picture, it's fun to talk about. It can make for great ratings and it makes for great radio, but that's not how the world works. Okay, because last year I watched a Toronto Raptors team that nobody even believed in, and one person named Kawhi Leonard literally put the team on his back, and they won the entire thing. Okay, and I'm not sure what the ratings were, but I, I mean to tell you that, listen, Kawhi Leonard necessarily he's he's a fantastic player probably the best two-way player maybe next to Giannis in the entire league but is he must-see tv does he control the ratings did that toronto raptors team control the ratings guess what they're good this year again and they lost Kawhi leonard but nobody's talking about the raptors right now no one's talking about how they have one of the best top seeds in the eastern conference but no one talks about the raptors and this is my point brent okay if you want to believe in the storylines and buy into it, then yes, the Lakers are definitely going to win. But I'm here to tell you, especially in professional sports, is you cannot go by the storylines. But we do like the storylines in our business. <laughs> I know. <laughs> uh, but 
I, I get what you're saying. Yeah. I, listen, I'm not saying it's automatic. I, mm-hmm. I just think, I, in fact, I think there is maybe a better chance of them winning the championship if they never got interrupted based off the way they were cruising sure. and looking good and had momentum. Yep. I think there are actually more red flags and more hurdles now for LeBron at his age, mm-hmm. coming back, the the more things you add to uh, variables to come back in this time. Now, there's two ways to look at it. We've had this discussion many times. Does that favor the young team? Does it favor the experienced team? Well, there's nobody more experienced than LeBron James. I mean, he's he's done it all. Uh, you know, he's the king of experience. He's got the wisdom of of – you know, a 75-year-old man, it seems like. And he's been there many times court. before. And he's been, I mean, now it's not going to be the same like he even said, but in terms of playoff experience and getting to the, you know, the, the finals, he's he's accustomed to that. I find it hard. I do root a little bit for, a lot of bit for LeBron James. I'm just not sure I'm rooting for the Lakers. Yeah. Uh, but it'll be, fa- it'll be very fascinating to see if these three high-powered favorites are the three that it all comes down to, and obviously it can't come down to three, but you get mm-hmm. my point. Uh, or if we see because of these weird times, uh, one of the, the you know the big boys get knocked off. And I'm interested in that in Major League Baseball. It's about to start on Thursday. Interested in that in the NBA. And quite frankly, now, because of the circumstances, could be very interested in that in the NFL. Mm-hmm. Uh, again, we've, we've argued, and logic says it favors the teams that are good, yeah. teams that are experienced, teams that have been there. But I also think it's like... It's it's like playing a football game and you're the heavy favorite and then all of a sudden the weather's really bad. Well, a lot of people say that helps the underdog. It levels the playing field a little bit. It takes away the normal, uh, you know, uh, parameters of a game. And usually you give that edge to the underdog. It might do that. Well, does the whole thing of this year do that for the underdog in the NBA, maybe in Major League Baseball, and even in the NFL. See, and I think in terms of the NBA, we're making the mistake right now where we're trying to compare what we have right now on these bubble teams to what they did in the season. Because it's too complete. Like, see, the way I look at it right now, Brent, and the NBA you know, playoffs coming up, these are brand new teams. I, I'm not taking anything away from what they did in the regular season. Because to me, you can't. It's been too, too much time has elapsed. So to me, it's a brand new season. To me, everyone's on square one. Now, once again, yes, more teams have talented rosters than other teams. I understand that. And usually the way it works in the open week of the NBA is those talented teams are going to win. But I think we're going to make a giant mistake when we say, well, Milwaukee's the favorite because look at the record. Yeah, they might have had the best record in the NBA when the season was going on. But it's a new season now, in my opinion. Where should the Toronto Blue Jays play baseball? <laughs> They're not letting them play in Toronto. Yeah. And, and speaking of that, are the Raptors playing in Toronto? Well, no, so they're, they're all playing in Orlando. No, and keep in mind, okay. Toronto, even when they did the training part of it, they had to the Toronto over, Raptors yeah. had to come down to Florida Gulf Coast, down in Fort Myers, to train, yeah. not at their home facility because of the regulations there. So uh, this isn't that far out of the, the blue for even the Blue Jays. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> uh, but the obvious one, the link has been to Buffalo. Will they go play in Buffalo? But then I saw something, I think, recently at PNC Park with the Pirates that they could share the facility. Uh, come on down to Jacksonville. Dunedin is where they their spring training is, I believe. It's in Dunedin. It's for the Toronto Blue Jays. And uh, I guess there's some thought they could go down to their spring training facility. There's a couple ways to look at this. It's very odd, but there's a couple ways to look at it. I don't think you can look at it that much from the fan perspective. Well, fans aren't going to the games. I mean, there's a chance Major League Baseball opens it back up to the fans. Mm-hmm. You know, in, in another month, a month and a half, we'll see where we're at. Highly unlikely, though, given this year. 
So the fans, and don't don't take this personally, fans, but like the fans don't really matter in this situation. It's not like, yeah, okay, proximity-wise, you go to Buffalo, but you're not going to watch the game. So it's not like yeah. you're driving over to see the game. You're not selling the tickets. You're not making money off the concessions. And if you want to support your team, you can do it. You just, you know, you got to do it from the social distance of the other side of your TV screen. Really, the only, there's a potential economic impact to wherever they go. Do they go back to Dunedin and then in that local community, restaurants and things? Now, listen, the players aren't supposed to be like out and about gallivanting all the time. Yeah. I'd say they're in the true bubble, but they're keeping an eye on the, their surroundings. But See, still, you could order takeout. You could do the, those kind of things. Maybe there's a, the hotels. Maybe there's a little bit of an economic boost. Uh, to whatever city they go to. So it's kind of like, pick a fun city. I mean, pick a Blue Jay Island. Well, and I guess here's <laughs> my big part, though, right? Because, listen, I'm not sure in the grand scheme of things how important the Toronto Blue Jays are to the economy in Canada, right? But when we talk about, and I want to talk about the NHL right now, because, I've listen, I've been quiet on the NHL after that whole, and I don't want to get into it. I'm only going to swear. I'm going to be upset. But after that whole draft lottery thing, that absolute debacle from the NHL, I've been following it that much. But I do know this, though. The two cities right now that are going to host the NHL playoffs are Toronto and Edmonton. So how can you justify hosting the NHL playoffs in Toronto, but the Blue Jays can't play there? And they have made no rulings on that? Uh, I mean, this is a couple of days ago. They said they're finalizing Toronto Edmonton as hub cities for the playoffs. That's interesting. Yeah. Um, hockey's king. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, it is, hey, listen, it is Canada. I, I understand that. But it's just if I'm the Blue Jays, I'm like, well, what gives, man? Like, we're we're out here, you know, trying to play baseball, but you're going to bring the playoffs to Toronto? Yeah, I, I guess what when uh, the NHL season what start like the thirty first or or are they into August when they're going? They're, they're into August. Okay, so it, that could yeah. be a little bit part of it. I mean, they didn't make this ruling until just in the last couple of days with the Blue Jays, and we're on the verge of the season. Yeah. So we could still get some changes with Toronto uh, and and the hockey or Canada and the hockey uh, as well. The Pittsburgh Pirates are a place that they could share a stadium. What, what's interesting to me about the uh, the the Pirates, where I don't think it makes a lot of sense, is then you get the mingling of players. You get more players in the facility. Right now you're trying to get the least amount of people in facilities to keep people from getting COVID-19. Now you're welcoming in more. Yeah. You could create bubbles, and I'm sure there are things you can do, but I, I don't see that making as much sense as it might sound like uh, on face value. You know what I'd love to see? I think somebody put it out there, and I might see this on social media. I can't find it in writing. But Omaha hosts the College World Series every year, mm. and they didn't get a chance to do it this year. Yeah. They got a stadium right there. Yeah. And why not Omaha? Be a I mean, cool place. They I got mean, all the gear for a quality broadcast there. I mean, it, how cool is it to – If I mean, I guess if you're coming from Toronto – well, Toronto's a pretty fun city. You know, like well, you're, Toronto's you're, supposed to be a great city. Yeah, but then you go to Omaha. It's kind of like, Omaha's yeah, actually a cool city. Is it a cool city? Yeah. All right. I feel like it's in the middle of nowhere. No, it's a cool city. Field. Okay, cool city then. Okay. Well, if it's a cool city, why not? Sheesh. Uh, Stay away from the stereotypes. Well, I, I just go with what I hear, Brent. <laughs> is what it is. I mean, listen, I have, I have bad connotations related to Toronto because the, the Bucks playoff game last year with Toronto and Drake and all that stuff. Regardless, <laughs> you, you, know, you, you know what I'm talking about. Anyways, um, I mean... Yeah. I get what you're saying, but at the same time, fans can't come. So you're not really bringing a lot of income to these cities. So to me, 
I think from at least travel, you know, with their families and everything, I, I would try to make it as close as possible where, and once again, I'm not sure like what the bubble rules are, but I would make it so if you have to fly home on the weekend, you can. You know, I think Omaha Toronto, to, to, to Toronto, that's a pretty long flight. So that's here, why I'm an advocate for like Buffalo. Here's a, so, you know, a couple of different thoughts on it. Buffalo, because of the location, it's, it's right there. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they have the, the AAA park. But then you're going to Buffalo. Uh, Who really good. wants to go to Buffalo? Buffalo are good. Buffalo in August, yeah, in September, see, not bad. I'm a, I mean, I'm not gonna. I'm listening to Buffalo, by the way. Buffalo for preseason game is outstanding. Yeah. It, yeah. it was nice. It was it was great. The wings were good. Yeah. Buffalo uh, in November, not so much. Not so much. Pouring down, snow and everything. Freezing rain. Listen, I'd rather I, the snow. And much of the chagrin of Jaguars fans, because I know how they feel about the Jaguars. I mean, about the Bills Mafia. Careful. Um, I don't mind Buffalo. I really don't, Brent. It's kind of like that. Blue. It's got a, You know what? It's called. It's called Jacksonville North, in terms of Buffalo. Oof. Or no, no, we're not doing that. That's... See, I consider Jacksonville like the blue collar city of of Florida. Oh, I yeah. I consider Buffalo the blue collar. Thanks for city. giving that some context. Yeah, I we consider... just lost a lot of your your, your fans. <laughs> I consider Buffalo like, like the, the blue collar of New York. Here's what I consider. You know why Buffalo's fine? What's because that? Toronto Blue Jays are about as irrelevant as any team out there anyway mm. and so go hide so, in buffalo, so buffalo. Yeah. whatever yeah you know i mean <laughs> seriously it's yeah. like all right if you move the buff fine but if you want to be a little more creative and have fun with it take that young infield with a lot of talent from toronto and oh, go there to it Omaha, is sure or come down to jacksonville yeah um but the, they want to go to a major league park is basically what they're saying that's why there's even other options in buffalo they this is an interesting point i didn't think about but camden yards is on the uh, on the table too mm-hmm. with the orioles uh with orioles are like a minor league team but <laughs> they have a professional ballpark and they play 10 games between the orioles and blue jays even in the shortened season okay because they're in the same division yeah didn't think about that that's that makes point. some sense. Good point for so traveling. Now you're sh- yeah, yeah, so now you're sharing the same Not mad at place. Yeah. yeah, there's some sense in that, right? Yeah. And then uh, the Pirates, of course, uh, were similar. Pirates released this statement about it. In an effort to help in the return of the game we all love, we continue to have active discussions with Major League Baseball and the Blue Jays regarding the possibility of hosting games for the Blue Jays at PNC Park this season. Be a monumental challenge for our staff, but learning, uh, leaning in to help others what Pittsburgh's Pittsburghers do best. A beautiful park, uh, PNC Park. So I, I think the Camden Yards one makes a lot of sense because they're, they don't have to go anywhere. Yeah. You know, if, if you're going to share a park, go to somewhere. You're not going to share Fenway. Uh, you're not going to share Yankee Stadium. I don't even think they're going to let you do that. But Baltimore has some, uh, makes some sense in, in that regards. It's interesting. Uh, you know, let's, uh, we kid about Jacksonville. There's a great ballpark right here. You don't need 30,000 people in the stands. I mean, you could play here. Mm-hmm. Uh, they could do something like that. A lot of places around the country, I think, just like Buffalo and, and their AAA club. It's not happening in Jacksonville, but it'd be kind of cool if something like that happened. Don't yeah. you think? Like I mean, if a team came here and even though you couldn't really go, no, just for but like, like the, the summer of 2020, you it's, adopted it's, it's the Blue Jays for a little bit. Yeah, they're your team for the summer. Why it's, not? It's Duval. They'd show up at the fence. Yeah, oh, yeah. Party, party. oh, oh yeah. no, no, yeah, well, you'd be sneak peeking, no doubt. Yeah, um, it would be kind of neat though. I think it would be kind of cool if we were allowed to cover it. It would be really cool to go to some baseball. How cool would it be if the NHL playoffs were in Jacksonville? Well, that yeah, that you know, we talk about this from time to time. The, the reality of another professional franchise coming here, yeah. and I mean like the big 
MLB, NHL, NBA. Like people throw around Major League Baseball. Hey, you could play Major League Baseball here. Tampa, come on over. Mm-hmm. Well, you really can't. It, it doesn't make that much sense, in my opinion. Too many home dates, not enough, you know, Fortune 500 companies, yeah. not enough of that to go around. Uh, hockey makes way more sense mm-hmm. in a weird way, mm-hmm. but it makes way more sense yeah. uh, because of the 41 dates. Also, the arena, which is basically already there. Or, I mean, and maybe you'd have to do some things to it. But we have said on the show before, I've said multiple times over the last decade when we have these conversations, that I think if there's ever another franchise here, the next franchise would be the NHL. Yeah, It's not Major League Baseball. It's not the NBA two hours down the road from Orlando. Yeah. It is probably the NHL. And look at the way Florida has adapted uh, – Hockey teams, whether it's the Lightning or yeah. look what the Icemen have done on an ECHL level. Well, I was going to say, don't mention the Panthers, but yeah, but the, the Lightning. Yeah, yeah well, sure. nothing works down there. <laughs> well, and that's what I'm saying, man. Blue collar sport for a blue collar city, Brent. Yeah, but so it's, it's, I just like the thought of it. It's an interesting idea. Um, and as a baseball guy, I think it would be kind of cool. Yeah. Uh, one other thought on baseball. Did you see where Major League, uh, the San Francisco Giants, Gabe Kapler, who was the Phillies coach, uh, now the San Francisco Giants coach, uh, by the way, played for the Suns here, had one of the monster years ever in minor league uh, baseball history here in Jacksonville. He hired a a woman coach, which kind of went a little bit under the radar. Vaguely remember it. Well, yesterday she made history in one of the summer games when she coached first base. Mm -hmm. I thought it was really cool. Like Women are doing a lot of cool things in sports, uh, whether it's uh, Carol Lawson, yep. you know, now coaching at Duke. I think she got that job, but she was with the Boston Celtics. There have been doors opening up in, in Arizona and other places, San Francisco, uh, with w- female football coaches. NBA as well, assistant coaches. NBA. Yeah. Uh, Becky Hammond. Becky Hammond. Gotcha. Uh, San Antonio Spurs. Correct. Uh, who, by the way, we have talked about this before. We think she probably has the best route to be actually in head a head coach. Well, like the Pops first, even said it. Yeah. Pops said when, he, when he's retiring, like they're going to look at her to maybe take over because like she's that good, I guess. But there's a lot of factors in that. One, because Pops said it. One, because yeah. she was around San Antonio. Great organization. Mm-hmm. Uh, another reason, because she's got the quali- she's now has qualifications. I mean, she's put her time in. Mm-hmm. She obviously has a great history in basketball anyway. Great knowledge of it. Played it. Mm-hmm. Uh, Well-respected. Uh, but I also think the liberal nature of that league would be accepting, would allow for yeah. It. Yeah. Uh, it is. I mean, it's just it, they're, they'll allow for different things, unique things to happen maybe more so than, than other sports would quickly adapt. And, and I think these days, by the way, I think all sports would be uh, more adaptive to it than, than ever before. But I think the NBA could lead the way, and that is my point. Well, and it was cool to see, you know, it, it take place with the Giants, the San Francisco Giants, just because baseball, to me, is probably the most traditional sport, right? And I don't want to say, like, they're stuck in their ways or anything, but to me, like, you know, to see a female first base coach, like, I understand it's 2020 right now, and, you know, and it should be equal for everybody, but I was still shocked to see, dang, there's there's a first base coach right now in MLB. Like, that, that was crazy to me. Like, I wasn't so surprised in the NFL when they, they had a coach. I wasn't so surprised um, in the NBA with Becky Hammond, but, like, I was surprised with Major League Baseball. I, I thought it was I thought it was cool. I'm a baseball yeah. guy, right? But here's what I thought of. And I and I do I'm guilty of this. Mm-hmm. I have a 15-year-old daughter and I, she loves baseball. Like she plays softball, loves softball, but Kaylee loves baseball. Like she'll be watching a Cubs game and these summer camp games. Yeah. 
like every night. Yeah. Or last night we were watching the Padres and who they play the Angels, you know, and and she's looking up players on teams and she knows. I was like, who's that? She's like, you've never heard of him? <laughs> I'm like, no, I haven't. <laughs> get, get get her a seat when the season Absolutely. starts, Brent. ESPN six ninety, Kaylee, come on down. But I seriously look at like Kaylee and I think about kind of her love for the game. Like yeah. she really does like baseball and uh, again softball, baseball. But she likes watching baseball. And I'm like, how cool is it that if she wanted to, mm-hmm. she could be a GM of a baseball team by the time she's, you know, whatever age, 35, 40 years old. You yeah. know, down the road, we're we're treading water to get to a point where somebody soon will be. She, won't, I'm not saying Kayla will be the first. It might be like an attainable thing for a, a young woman, mm-hmm. uh, a, a little girl who really loves football or basketball or baseball to have the same dream as your your little boy yeah of being a coach uh obviously there's leagues now for female athletes but after that it kind of stopped there wasn't a ton of opportunity to be in all these other professions yeah and now from a coaching standpoint and a front office standpoint we're certainly headed that way and this was another example of it last night see to me it's the cool thing about professional sports and it's what we're starting to see now is the is the next step that evolution where listen you you can be a former player and be a coach um you can be of any race and be a coach or you can be a male or female and be a coach what the most important thing is what you bring to the table with your philosophies and your mind and that doesn't know any kind of race creed or sexual orientation that's why i think it's so cool is because you know coaching and and, and the, like a front office position it does i mean it can be anybody brent you know it can be open to anybody it's just about how much work you put into it now let's be honest i mean maybe one day you know we'll see if female like actually be a pitcher or something like that in a major league baseball team maybe i mean that's you know years and years down the line i remember monet davis right she was the little league player and like that that was a big deal but in terms of coaching and in terms of like those front office positions why not man well the other thing about it is uh you know in baseball like we're seeing it again in basketball becky ham we're seeing it in football now uh with a couple of different organizations but doesn't it kind of feel like it belongs in baseball to a degree because of like it comes to my mind is a league of their own, <laughs> you know, yeah, like yeah. we have those images in our mind yeah. of of that movie. Right. Of uh, women in baseball like that movie showed us like, oh, wow, women can play baseball. Like we've seen it now. Like we we know. Well, Kaylee started playing with the boys. She played like Little League baseball before nice. she played softball. Yeah. Uh, and now we'll sit. We'll go to tournaments, man. Well, we'll see a 14 year old girl pitching. Dang, and cool. good. Yeah, yeah. You know? Yeah. And it's it's kind of cool to see. And, yeah. you know, again, some there along the way, probably a transition into softball takes place. Sure. But it's pretty neat that you can do it. And uh, I hope I pronounced her name right, but Alyssa Nacken uh, is what it, it uh, looks like. Uh, made a little history uh, coaching first base yesterday for the San Francisco Giants. And I think that's pretty cool. The Giants, I think it's pretty cool. Gabe Kapler, uh, I think it's pretty cool for uh, Alyssa there to uh, – make a little history, but also be a part of it. And I think she even said her quote was for, you know, little girls and, and young women. And I, I think a lot of times people say that stuff, like in sports, it's like, yeah, you know, you know role model or whatever. Yeah. But I really think on the, from a female perspective, I think that's true. Like, and I don't know if it just hits home because it's, uh, again, my daughter loves baseball, mm-hmm. plays softball. She's 15. And 
how cool is it to be able to go into high school and look at someone like that and be like, wow, I could go to the major league someday and be a coach or be in a front office. I mean, that is that is pretty awesome. Well, and the best part is, is all it takes is one person, right? One person has to break the mold, and all of a sudden it opens up and opens it up to new possibilities um, and new dreams and new goals. So, yeah, props to her for doing that, man. It's uh, it, it, Like I said, I was I saw you tweeted it to me today. Um, I clicked on it, and like I was just like, dang. I, I didn't think, and once again, 2020, I get that, but I was like, I was not expecting that. That was really cool. Yeah, it's, uh, it, you know, and, and the other part of it is, you know, we say Becky Hammond. I do think she'll be the first. I really do. I, I've got that. I guess because I don't know who else I would say. Like I don't. I don't see a woman being a head coach of an NFL team anytime soon. I really don't. Uh, it's yeah. it's a sport, by the way. Like, listen, women play basketball. Mm-hmm. A lot of women play basketball. A lot mm-hmm. of women play softball mm-hmm. or even baseball as a, as a kid. Sure. Uh, I think there are a lot of people women that play hockey. There are not, when you break down the percentages, and I don't know this top of my head, but I would say off the top of my head, there's there's not a lot of women that play football. I know there are women that play football. I know there sure. are women leagues. I get it. There's a lot more flag football being played, too, which introduces women to the sport, fall in love with that sport. But just, you know, I think but, if you look at the four sports like that, yeah. I think football would be the least participation amongst women. I agree with you there, but also keep in mind, though, some of the best coaches in the NFL maybe have a little couple of like of high school years of experience, didn't play college football, didn't play in the pros, and they're some of the greatest minds as well, though. True. So keep that in mind. Well, that's a great point. Yeah. You're right. You don't it, Again, because football is almost our pastime now, mm-hmm. you're introduced to it, you fall in love with it, uh, you don't have to necessarily play it to know it. Correct. And, and to kind of get groomed to be a part of it. Yep. Uh, so you bring up a very good point there. I thought it was a cool story out of San Francisco, um, and we're seeing more and more. Like, it's not it's not like a breaking news story that much anymore to see women uh, involved on coaching staffs and front offices in, in major league sports. I think that's kind of cool. Let me ask you this, and this could be years down the line. It could be the next couple of years, and I kind of teased it a little bit. But I want to get your thoughts on it. If we're talking about, you know, throw every single professional sport out there, throw Major League Baseball out there, throw football out there, throw basketball out there, NBA, do you ever see a female playing one of those professional sports in your lifetime? Uh, and, and, and I guess if, if, if there was to be a female playing in those, like what sport would you think would be the first one? Let's just say that. I would say I don't. Yeah, I don't see it. I I don't see. see nah, like, I really with, don't with see football, it. Football, I could see like a, maybe like a kicker or something like that. Uh, that's fair. That's fair. Yeah, uh, yeah. I guess you could see that. Yeah, and, and I'm actually in, in kind of in a way a little surprised that I haven't seen it. Yeah, uh, because there's been like I've been doing stories. I've been I've been in the business for college, twenty years, yeah. and I've been doing stories on female high school football players, and not just kickers, but yeah. many of them have been kickers, but uh, for twenty years. And so I, I guess I'm a little surprised I haven't seen a little bit more uh, in that respect at higher levels, whether it is college. I, again, we have some yep. uh, females be kickers at the very least. I So, yeah, I guess I would say kicker is probably the best avenue. Yeah. Uh, bas- I just don't see it happening. And, yeah. and here's the thing in basketball, because the WNBA has had some success, I don't sure. think there's a drive to, mm-hmm. you know. I don't see it in hockey. Mm-hmm. Uh, could there be this unbelievable? Maybe I would picture in a goalie sure. setting. Yeah. yeah, and and it's the same with baseball. I would say picture from a uh, from a pitcher perspective. Someone just has an awesome arm and yeah. can pitch. Like I say this all the time, Kaylee can throw harder than Ty. Mm-hmm. 
<laughs> I mean, she can. Yeah. I mean, it fast like she can chuck it. Yeah. She can chuck a baseball. We never really tinkered with it again because there's softball options. So I don't really think you think that way. Uh, you really have to go outside the box to continue baseball, you know, at a certain age because you have softball options. You have softball to go play in college if you want to. Sure. So there, then you lose the baseball edge or you lose the training ground and mm-hmm. you can't just pick it right back up. Oh no. So, uh, you know, long answer short, I would say kicker makes the most sense yeah. in football, but I actually am surprised to your question that we haven't seen a dominant female golfer ah. join the ranks more consistently with the men. Hmm. Some of the women golfers are unbe- obviously Annika Sorenstam, Michelle Wee I, I had a tournament with it as well. So they can compete. You yeah. know, they can compete. It's not like it, they had some success and they could get along and it just depends which week. What I always wonder if Annika Sorenstam wanted to, could she have played a whole season out there yeah. and had some success and really climbed some leaderboards? I think she could have. I think she could have done that um, given the shot. But once again, there was an LPGA. She sure. didn't have to. So that's where you get – as long as there's a women's sports league Correct. where you can earn money, why go venture into the other one if you're that good? Because you can dominate your own. And now I'd be remiss if we didn't mention Danica Patrick as well for, for – Well, you great know, point. Stack, I mean, but she obviously – she, she didn't have an outlet where there was like a female race, racing league. She, she had to go with the boys right away. Yeah, you know? and, and I think that's what makes that a little bit different. Yeah. But you're asking given the option essentially – um, and I'm, I'm a little surprised maybe we haven't seen that female golfer just yet mm-hmm. be able to play on a consistent basis or want to. Yeah. Really, the want to. I shouldn't say be able to. I bet mm-hmm. they can. I bet there are some female golfers that could make it out on the PGA Tour to, in some capacity. Yeah. I'm not saying there'd be Tiger Woods. Mm-hmm. But I just don't think they need to because of the LPGA and other outlets. And so we've only seen it on almost like an exhibition level uh, a trial error, mm-hmm. uh, trial level with Annika Sorenstam and Michelle Wee in the past. Um, but that's a good question. Yeah. Uh, you know, and what does it look like in 20 years? But we do know this coaching in front offices will look totally different than they've ever looked because there will be more females involved. Without a doubt. And also on behalf of ESPN 690, our condolences that go out to Aaron Rodgers and Danica Patrick. They, they finally they split they up. They did. You see that? Yeah. People are throwing parades right now in Wisconsin, not practicing social distancing because the whole thought was Danica Patrick ruined Aaron Rodgers a little bit in his career. Well, I was so going to say, back. the old Tiger Woods theory, <laughs> Aaron Rodgers probably going to win the MVP but this year. But it's so ridiculous. I mean, because the same thing happened. When Aaron Rodgers, you know who Olivia Munn is? Yes. Yeah. So um, they used to date, right? And like when they dated, you know, he had some of his worst years, and people were like, "It's because that girlfriend he's got." Like, like NFL players can't have relationships, though. Nah. Like, you, you want to be the best. That's my rule. <laughs> what is Tom you Brady be doing? The best? What is? Hey, it's, what is Tom Brady doing then? He's an outlier in this conversation. Oh, always the Patriots, always the outlier. <laughs> okay. Are, he is. Yes. Well, Patrick Mahomes, and, and he cheated. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. I'm not saying not I'm on, a, I'm no, a, no, 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 no. Whoa, whoa, whoa. TMZ, yeah, stay yeah. away. I'm saying he deflated football. Phone's ringing off the hook. Phone's ringing off the hook right now. Patrick Mahomes, we'll see what you got. Yeah, dangerous. Yep. See? Yeah. $500 million. Yeah. We'll see. Tiger Woods would already have Jack's record if he didn't get married. I believe that. Well, I think there are more. I think there's more issues than just that, Brent. But we don't, we don't need to go there I right fully now. Fully believe that. Rehash just those things. You. You. All right. Uh, when we come back, we'll wrap up with a football topic and a note on uh, WWE that even got Austin.
scratching his yeah, head. Yeah, a little bit. Oh, boy. A little bit. It's next on ESPN 690. Brent Martineau. You see him every day on CBS 47, Fox 30, Action Sports Jack. Austin Lane. He's a former Jack star and current MMA fighter. Broadcasting live from the Anna Jar and Levine studio. This is Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690 and ESPN690.com. It's Eloy Jimenez instead, a long way to center field. Way back there it is, a grand slam in the first inning. Eloy Jimenez with a lethal blow early, and it's 5 nothing socks. Put it on the board, yes. <laughs> the White Sox, still, they still have that guy there? Did no he idea. just do that? I missed the first part of it. No, he didn't do that part. Okay. So I don't know if it's, uh, I don't know if they still have those guys. But uh, after yesterday's Yankees debacle, I wasn't sure about playing that. No, you, uh, the Chicago White Sox are fine. Yeah. Uh, the White Sox actually have some good young talent. Uh, really, might be sneaky, pretty good team uh, on the verge of it, at least. So uh, we'll see with the White Sox. See, I kind of feel like teams like that. There's somebody like that that is going to surprise this mm. year in a 60 game season. Yeah, there's somebody. Can you find that team? And uh, we are going to uh, have some baseball predictions, including leadoff player of the year uh, coming up. <laughs> Uh, later in the uh, week. Austin, so thanks. I'm coming for you, baby. I got you, man. I got you. <laughs> oh, hopefully it's not a Yankee this year. <laughs> that can do it. Uh, Brett Martin, Austin Lane, Scott here on a Tuesday. Uh, Scott in for Coos. We appreciate him spending the time with us. We appreciate you spending the time with us on all the different platforms. ESPN 690 right here on your radio dial or ESPN690.com on the stream. Or all the folks watching on Twitter and Facebook, YouTube, and Twitch. You can see video of the show, and once we get back to the studio and inside football season, well, we can break things down at the wall that says it all, and yeah. all those fun things on the video channels uh, that we did for the last uh, couple of years. Uh, hopefully, we'll be able to do that soon enough. A couple of thoughts to end the show, and we'll catch you up to date on the latest on the NFL. We talked a lot about the FHSAA uh, as well. We didn't get to this yesterday. Dan Snyder. Owner of the Washington Blanks right now. Yep. Do you think he stays in that job? Do you think there will be some – has he weathered the storm? So, like, Or do you think there will be some momentum at some point to force him out? To me, there should already be momentum to force him out. I, I guess I, – I don't know. And granted – I spent some time in the NFL, but I don't know all the, the interworkings of how a front office works. But I was, I guess, surprised to say the least when I saw Dan Snyder, you know, put out a, a like, a, like a quote at a press conference saying how, you know, he appreciates that article that came out in the Washington Post and now he's going to make sure that the culture in Washington going forward is going to be a lot better and, you know, friendly to everybody. My point is, you're going to say you guys are going to do better going forward. Wasn't, you're the owner of the, of the franchise. You're the owner of the team. Doesn't it start with you? Isn't this your fault to start out with because you're the owner? You're supposed to dictate the culture? Am I, am I wrong there, Brent? I I think it's – here's where we got to be a little careful. Do you think Mark Cuban is a bad owner for the Dallas Mavericks? Because I, I think he's a great owner, but he's also been in some trouble. Well, he's had a similar situation, yeah. and they had to kind of go back and look at what they were doing. So yeah. while we don't like necessarily Dan Snyder, yeah. and some people do like Cuban – but do you know why I like Cuban, though? Because he fessed up to it. And he, he understood that. Listen, well, he, 
Well, he, uh, he listen, took responsibility. You, Dan right? Snyder might not have fessed up to the way that you want him to fess up, but he did start putting out statements and said we're going to have this internal uh, investigation and we're doing this and that. Now, it might not be enough for people, but he's at least started it's the ball n- well, rolling. Guess what? It's not. Because I had Mark Cuban call, you know, put out, like, this starts on me. And then this is it starts with me, and then it, it trickles down. I have to do a better job, and I'll make sure it never happens again. Now, Snyder may have said that and may have found a round way, a roundabout way to say that, but to me, he didn't take any responsibility. At least with Mark Cuban, he took responsibility on it. Well, and keep in mind, though, and being fair, if I if I remember the story the way it came out for Cuban and Dallas, he took responsibility once he was outed. Much sure. was like the same way as the Washington Post brought it up with Daniel Snyder. So it's not like he he said, "Hey, uh, call the press conference," and was like, "Hey, uh, we did our." We, all of a sudden, these things, we didn't realize they were mounting, blah, blah, blah. No, he got called out about it. Sure. That's how the same things happened with Snyder. Listen, I'm not defending Snyder. I mean, my point being is Cuban is well more liked, well more forward thinking in general, yeah. more uh, good, if you will, for the NBA mm-hmm. over the years than Snyder has been for the NFL, for Washington, and, and everything else. They're two, they're on totally different sides yeah. in that respect. And I'm not saying everybody likes Cuban, but... I mean, even Shark Tank, by the way, for Cuban, has given his image some good things at times, right? Yeah, yeah. Snyder doesn't have any of that. There's nothing good Snyder has. All he has is hearsay. And so I would assume public perception when I say that is like, oh, yeah, well, Cuban, at least he did this, did this, did this. Snyder's just a jerk. Mm-hmm. The point being, their situations weren't totally different. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you got to take away a little bit of your perception of the man, yeah. uh, of the owner, when you answer that question, I guess I'm a little surprised right now. I saw immediate reaction. Like last week, that was a big story. Me, what was the story going to be? Oh, my gosh. What is it? Uh, bombshell. And it was, it was heavy allegations. Uh, don't dismiss that at all. I guess I'm a little surprised. And I don't know if some of this is kind of COVID-19 and starting the NFL season. There's a lot of storylines going on. But and maybe you feel this in Washington more than you feel it in Jacksonville. But I thought there'd be a little bit more pressure continued through the weekend and into this week to oust Snyder. Mm-hmm. And uh, to me, it kind of feels like the story's disappeared, at least for the time being. So I think it has for a little bit, because to be fair, when the Washington Post released that article, and don't don't let's not get it twisted here, that, that article, there are some messed up things in that, right? I think you had 15 cheerleaders come forward and claim sexual um, you know, misconduct, or whatever the exact wordage was. Sexual harassment. Yeah. Sexual harassment, thank you. Um, that's bad in itself. That should never happen in a workplace environment, so don't get me wrong there. But I think a lot of people even expected more to come out of that article, right? I think people have their expectations so much where it's like, well, everyone's going down. It's going to be the story of the year. And then when it was, was released, and as messed up as it sounds, people are like, oh, well, it's only sexual harassment, which is obviously a big deal in itself. But I think a lot of people um, kind of were downplayed by that article. I thought they expected a lot more to come out of it. Yeah, uh, that's fair. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I think so. Um, but it was still a bombshell, and, and obviously Snyder has a lot of cleaning up to do. Uh, and I'm losing my... Uh, I was say, you crying? What's up, dude? You're all right? <laughs> <laughs> I had a sip just, of water, and it went down the wrong I just love tube. the professionalism trying to keep it together, man. I got to take over for the next five minutes, but Brent Martineau, the constant <laughs> professional, comes back on. We tried it again. Confident all. There's take three of uh, water going down the wrong pipe. It happens to everybody. But uh, so anyway, I, I just thought quick little thought on Snyder. I thought he'd have a little bit more pressure. And again, to be fair, we're not. And sometimes when you're in that city, in that it might be more prevalent uh, than than it is uh, right now for us. 
Uh, we're going to go way off the radar. Sure. You brought up a topic yesterday to me. <laughs> WWE. Yeah. They, they, so, a rest, tell us a story. A wrestler loses his eye, like fake loses so, his eye. Yeah. It, was it a little too much for you? So, so, so check this out. All right. So this past Sunday, it was a pay-per-view WWE network. And I'm not even making this up. The, the title of the pay-per-view, Brent, it was called the horror show at extreme rules. That was the name of the, the of the pay-per-view, The Horror Show at Extreme Rules. Imagine my poor wife when she asked me Sunday afternoon, Hey, babe, you want to go ha- have a little date night tonight? Sorry, babe, can't do it. Have to watch The Horror Show at Extreme Rules for wrestling. I, ma- I imagine she's wondering, who did I marry? What am I doing with my life? And I apologize to her. I'll make it up to you. But regardless of that, though, they didn't really skimp out on the name of the horror show at Extreme Rules. We got Rey Mysterio Jr. taking on Seth Rollins. Two pretty solid names in professional wrestling. Keep in mind, wrestling, it's family entertainment, Brent. The, the, you can bring your kids around it. Obviously, I watch with my son, who's five years old. We have a blast. And it's just to me, it's fun being a kid again, reliving my childhood vicariously through my son. Well, one of the matchups, one of the stipulations, it was an eye for an eye match. Now, it's in the title. I get that. But it makes you wonder, well, how far are we really going to go here? An eye for an eye match. Well, needless to say, Seth Rollins proceeded to take Rey Mysterio's head, gouge it in, in, in like the, you know, like the, the steel steps. To the point where there was a prop eyeball that Rey Mysterio must have took out of somewhere, Lord knows where, and then proceeded to have the eyeball in his hand, all while, like, you know, grimacing in pain and everything. And to top it all off, if that wasn't enough, then somehow they made Seth Rollins vomit because he was so grossed out of seeing Rey Mysterio's eyeball. So they went walking dead on it? They went walking dead on it. Meanwhile, I have a five-year-old here who is... Has to get to bed tonight. I need him to get his nine hours of sleep in. He's not sleeping. I'm like, dude, I don't know what to tell you. I mean, I remember being a kid thinking stuff was real. He thinks it's real right now. He thinks Rey Mysterio lost his eye. He thinks that Rey Mysterio is holding an eyeball in his hand, and he's also grossed out by the fact that Seth Rollins puked all over the place. So my question to everybody is, did they take it too far? Well, I have two questions here. Scott, maybe you should be the moderator. Fire away. Did WWE take it too far, or should we be questioning Austin's parenting? Oh, wow. Don't. No, see? Don't put this back on watching me. WWE at five. At age five, I don't think the characters can be taken seriously enough to have any long-term effects on it. That being said, I don't put it on Austin. I put it on the people who programmed it. Yeah, the simulate actually losing an eye is yeah. a, a little out of bounds on that. Thank you, Scott. Um, now, I I grew up with ECW and the oh. premise of guys like New Jack, <laughs> yeah, where yeah. losing an eye was a distinct hey. possibility in the actual <laughs> That's match. a Tuesday in ECW. So, That's a Tuesday there. Yeah, yeah. so so to to call out the uh, the legacy of Extreme Rules, okay, fine. I see where you're going to go with this. Yeah. This means it's going to be a, a little edgy. You need to be a little nervous about it. Yep. But uh there's a lot of other ways they could have gone about that. and yeah. And to full a... Full-blown Walking Dead stunt. That's on them. That's not on anybody else. Thank you very much. Because hey, it just had to set the record straight. Well, I'm Please. just saying, blood's one thing, but like when you bring an eyeball into the mix, like come on, man, it's a little too extreme for my for my five-year-old son. Now, don't ever bring my parenting <laughs> skills into what we watch at home. 
okay? It's professional wrestling. It's, it's supposed to be family friendly. How dare you try to call social services on me for letting my son watch wrestling? Is now we've got a real issue. And is it and supposed to be, to be family friendly? Yes. To, to be fair, it, it is so qualifiably, it is, it is qualifiably a combat sport, which goes right back to Austin's workplace. So then you got to be kind of uh, presuming, can your son watch what your dad's doing uh, going out and, and trading hands with Listen, people like that? Same but different. First of all, take off the saddle on the high horse for a second, because not every five-year-old was recording, you know, Red Sox games in the room. Some five-year-olds get into a little, little bit of violence, a little bit of action, a little bit of, you know, skill sets with professional wrestling. Own. Yeah, to each their own. My point is, listen, I think it is family-friendly, much to the chagrin of my co-host here, but you can take it too far. And I think having a prop eyeball and then the other guy puking all over the place, that takes a little too far. Now, the... the, WWE. the 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 puking part that's how much of that is Rollins throwing a bit right there and yeah. how much of that is Rollins actually looking at his life and one time what has my life become? I was fighting for the universal title and now I'm, I'm puking over fake eyeballs. Yeah, it's a good point. More reason to watch AEW tomorrow. <laughs> I go. mean, if that's not a commercial, Tony Khan, cut the check I right know. now. What, what more do you want from me? That was a shameless plug. And while, while we're talking WWE, uh, shout out to the Flair family. Uh, Nature Boy's wife tested positive oh, COVID-19. Yeah. So yep. uh, wishing the uh, the Flair family a safe and happy recovery from that as uh, the Nature Boy takes care of the Nature Girl. I like it. Uh, very well said. We'll leave you on that. I love having Scott here, man. Yeah, yeah. I, I can do this all day, Scott. I was say. Let's start doing a podcast I together, no man. No driving dish podcast sitting <laughs> over there. <laughs> I like it, man. It's got a podcast going, Scott. Uh, very good. How about uh, it? All right, that'll do it for uh, a Tuesday. We'll have a couple guests on tomorrow, and uh, we'll see where the NFL takes us, college football takes us, and the latest on high school football. We could get some more developments from a local standpoint on that as well. Uh, but, hey, rookies are reporting COVID-19 tests. Go back to your hotel. We'll see you in a few days. That's essentially <laughs> what we're getting. Welcome uh, to the NFL, kids. Grounds yeah. crew at TIAA Bank. Can we go Stay cover on the, the beach. swab tests, man? Can we go cover these COVID tests, bro? Take Let's another do it. week off. Let's go. Live COVID test results. Me and you. We need more I'm video. In. Once we see the video of it, then we can uh, break it down. Okay. On the wall that says it all, Let's COVID-19 it. testing. Let's get it. Swab alert. <laughs> we'll see you on TV tonight, CBS 47 and Fox 30. Thanks for hanging with us here. Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690. Back at it tomorrow at 3. Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer and set of offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark.